It's Thursday, July 6th, 2017. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Recently, on June 28th, a front-page news story in the Washington Post written by Peter Holly, reports that California has eight discriminatory states being added to a state government travel ban. The article reports Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed controversial legislation into law that allows child welfare providers, including faith-based adoption agencies, to refuse adoption to hopeful parents based on sincerely held religious beliefs. In response, California Attorney General Xavier Becerra announced Thursday that his state will prohibit its employees from traveling to Texas because Texas has enacted laws that he said discriminate against gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender individuals and their families. This article adds that eight states, including Texas, Alabama, Kentucky, South Dakota, Tennessee, Mississippi, North Carolina, and Kansas have all been banned from state employees of California being able to travel to them. My home state, Alabama, was included in that list because the state house, the Senate, and the governor all unilaterally signed a bill designed to allow faith-based adoption agencies to have placement policies that are consistent with their closely held religious beliefs. Furthermore, this legislation in Alabama makes sure that agencies and ministries can place children into homes which have both a mom and a dad, as well as a biblical worldview. Rick Zuber is the executive director of Equality California, and he responded very positively to the attorney general's decision by saying, These discriminatory laws in Texas, North Carolina, South Dakota, and other states are completely out of state step with the values that make California the vibrant economic powerhouse that it is. Zerber said in a statement, As some state legislatures around the country choose to target and harm LGBTQ people and their families, it's imperative that California continue to denounce those actions publicly and financially. We applaud Attorney General Becerra for taking action to ensure that California is supporting the LGBTQ community and opposing discrimination both inside and outside and beyond our borders. The truth is that these laws are not prohibitive or restrictive in nature, but the legislation in all of these states was to assure that agencies will not be shut down because of their traditional and biblical view of the family. These laws are important in order that, that organizations like Lifeline and others like us are able to continue to not only place children in homes with moms and dads, but also to be able to continue to operate with our biblical worldview, believing that the gospel is at the center of everything that we do on behalf of vulnerable children and orphans. You see, in in a culture which undermines the traditional family, minimizes the roles of fathers, and rejects the marks of her maker, we must celebrate the fact that daddies and mommies matter in proportion to one another. 
You know, God uniquely designed men and women to play specific roles in the family unit. And when those roles are thwarted, broken, or dismissed, we see weak families in a confused society. And that's what we see here today. And that's what we see in this June 28th article uh, in the Washington Post, a confused society who doesn't know, who doesn't know their maker, and who doesn't understand that traditional families is the bedrock of our country. You see, it's no surprise that we live in such a society. Traditional families have an enemy, and it isn't the LGBTQ agenda. It's not the government. It's not the state of California. It's not tolerance, and it's not Hollywood. The enemy is the same enemy that was introduced in Genesis 3, the great serpent, Satan. You know, from the beginning of creation, he has warred against God's design. He has been built, bent towards destruction and absolute decimation of everything that God has called good in creation. We can't overlook the posture that God used to design the family was absolutely thwarted even during the temptation of Genesis 3. You see, God had made the man and the woman as complementary. He had given the man the role of the leader and woman as the role of the helper. Woman was made for man because he was incomplete without her. It was man's role to love the woman, to protect her, and to point her to the Father. And God's first commands were were given to man even before woman was created. The single prohibition that God gave to man was contained in the in the verses Genesis 2:17 and and God tells man in this verse but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat it you shall surely die the, the very next thing out of God's mouth and in verse 18 was it's not good that the man should be alone I will make a helper fit for him You see, this command, the prohibition not to eat of any fruit, uh, or not to eat of any fruit, but not of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, was given to man before woman was even created, before woman was even on the scene. It was man's job to lead the woman, to guard her heart. It was his job to help her understand the goodness of God and his great love and ultimate protection. And you see, the first sin was aided by the apathy of man. Satan was already working to bring enmity in God's perfect relationship. He was tempting the man towards being weak and apathetic while tempting the woman to take on the role of the leader. And when Genesis 3 begins with the first temptation and utterly the fall of man, make no mistake, the attack was supremely against the relationship between God and his creation. But ultimately, it was also an attack on the horizontal family, on man and woman, on husband and wife. Genesis 3, 6 says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to whom her husband, who was with her, and he ate. And the war on the traditional family began there, and it started, and it's raging on. What came next, we see as we read the Genesis narrative, was murder, polygamy, incest, fornication, homosexuality, men abusing their wives, prostitution, uh, abortion, no contest divorce, pornography, and on and on and on. You see, the the biblical mandate for marriage was given in Genesis 2, but it was destroyed in Genesis 3. And, and, And I've heard others even writing last week that 
A biblical marriage included uh, polygamy because look at David. He was a man after God's own heart and he's a polygamist. No, 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 no. That was not biblical marriage. Biblical marriage was in Genesis 2. Polygamy was a distortion of what God had brought. You see, David was a man after God's own heart, but he wasn't perfect. He was he was sinful. He wasn't sinless. He was full of sin. He was full of rebellion against God. And so because he was a polygamist doesn't mean that that's biblical marriage. Biblical marriage was one man and one woman forever. And Satan started to destroy this. This is why men of God, we need to seek God with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our souls and to love our wives as we love ourselves. We need to take up the weapons of this war and fight back for the sake of our marriages, for the sake of our families, and for the sake of the gospel to the nations. Our great God calls himself our father. He compares himself to the groom seeking after his bride, the church. And as the father pursues his prodigal son, men, we are the image bearers of the godly pursuit. And our wives are craving our leadership. And our role is vital to our children. We are called to love our wives as Christ loves the church. That means loving this precious image bearer of God, even when the dailiness of life seems boring, even when her sin makes her unlovable, even when she wounds our ego, even when she fails to respect our leadership or rebels against our love. We do this because our marriages are a picture of the gospel. Our wives and our children need our presence and our dependence on God and this culture. Godly man, this culture needs us to show that marriage is something worth fighting for. That traditional marriage is a picture of God. Who cares if they stop traveling to our states? We must stand up on the bedrock, firm foundation of the word of God. And godly men... We need to be the forerunners to defend the fatherless. We must humbly serve and protect the weak, the vulnerable, and the orphan. We must seek integrity for every area of our life. We must lead our families, our communities, our churches, and our businesses with courage and and conviction. We're God's image bearers of justice to a watching world. And so we bring strength and stability to our families, and then we invite kids that have lost the stability in their family to be a part of ours, either through foster care or adoption or by by mentoring a child or a birth family. Beloved, kids need daddies. And many of the kids that we help at Lifeline in this nation and around the world were first abandoned by their daddies. When men become weak and no longer lead their families and Satan slips in, He begins to tell not just us, but he begins to tell the world that biblical families don't matter. But the truth of the matter is we know that biblical families matter. Biblical families will make a difference. Let's not war against articles like this in the Washington Post. Let's not go write comments that are are bitter and that are cruel. Let's not attack the uh, Attorney General of California. Let's not attack the Executive Director of Equality for California. Let's not attack those with different opinions, but let's show them by an example of godly marriage, of godly families, of pursuing the weak, of pursuing the vulnerable, of pursuing the needy, of pursuing the orphan and vulnerable child, that we as Christ followers are the image bearers of God. And we show that God is true by the way that we live our lives and by the way that we trust him. So we need to pray for our families. We need to pray for our nation. And we need to pray for our world that the glorious gospel and glory of God would revive us. 
And it all starts with taking the first step. Men, let's be the leaders in our family in caring for orphans and the vulnerable children. Let's not wait for our wives to come with the idea, but let's do it ourselves. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter by going to Twitter.com backslash LifelineChild. Or connect with us on Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. For more information about how you can get engaged with Lifeline, you can always email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Daddies, will you take the first step? Please contact us because we are here to defend the followers. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.